Are you ready to take the lead in the dance of life? Fall in love with who you are right now and find uninhibited joy every day? Then it's time for you to flaunt your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. Join radio host Laura Cheadle and learn how the five steps of flaunt can help you quit seeking approval, proving your worth, and release you from the judgment of others. Express all that you are, discover your naked self-worth, and finally, enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. Welcome to Flaunt, Build Your Dreams and Live Your Sparkle. I am Laura Cheadle, and today we are going to talk about one of my favorite subjects and Susie Moore, my guest. It is also one of her favorite subjects. In case you're going, Susie Moore, Susie Moore, I know that name. You probably do. She's the author of the book, Stop Checking Your Likes, which just came out recently. And the book, What If It Does Work Out, which was named by Entrepreneur as one of the eight business books entrepreneurs must read to dominate their industry. So, hey, if you're thinking about a side hustle, that is the book that you must check out. She is a former Silicon Valley sales director turned life coach, and she's been featured in some pretty amazing places. She's been on the Today Show, um, in O Magazine, that would be Oprah, you know, O Magazine, <laughs> Business Insider, Forbes, Tyne, and Marie Claire. And something else that I really love about her, she lives in Florida. And she's got a Yorkshire Terrier named Coconut. So (laughs) what more could you want? So because the theme of my show this month is all about education and learning, let's dive right in with Susie Moore and let's talk about learning confidence. So welcome to the show, Susie. I'm so glad you're here. Laura, I am so thrilled to be with you right now talking about this. There is just nowhere else I'd rather be. So thank you. Oh, good. You're welcome. Okay. So we kind of started off on this whole confidence thing. And I said, it's one of my favorite things. And before we were recording, you were like, yes, I love talking about confidence. Can you give the listeners a little bit of a background on why this came to be? Why is confidence your thing? Well, Laura, the reason I'm obsessed with confidence is because it's everything. (laughs) I know that sounds like dramatic, but when you think about it, confidence underpins all other virtues. Sometimes I use the word courage interchangeably with confidence. But when you think about it, what won't confidence do for you, right? And what will the absence of it, like how will the absence of it harm you? I mean, you can be the most talented, the most brilliant, the most loving, capable, whatever it may be, human. But unless you believe it and believe in yourself, all of those like gorgeous skills, talents, qualities, they may as well not be there because you're not going to be using them. And confidence, the best thing about it is that it's not something that's bestowed at birth. It's something that you learn. It's a skill like anything else that you acquire and strengthen with time. And I'm obsessed with teaching it. And I'm obsessed with breaking down what it really is because I think we all get it wrong. And it's easier I think that most people understand and it doesn't mean that you have to be special or loud or extrovert or any of those kind of things. Uh, you can just be yourself. You just need to be uh, willing essentially to feel a little bit more uncomfortable in your life. Mm. Thank you for saying you don't have to be extroverted and loud and obnoxious. You and I have a similar yet different message, you know, me with flaunt. And sometimes people mistake that too. Well, I don't want to be obnoxious and in your face. And it's not what it's about. And I love that you just came right out and said confidence is not about being boisterous, obnoxious, loud. No, no. And I, but this is sometimes I think where the confusion, you know, comes in, right? We think that a confident person is like a really charismatic speaker or someone who is, you know, always winning at work or someone who's like on a stage, right? Uh, it's quieter than that, right? It's just simply your willingness to experience negative emotion. right? A confident person is willing to be unliked, rejected, shut down, disinvited, Whatever it is, most of those human emotions, like the, the human emotions that we will do anything to avoid, a confident person just isn't so scared of them. 
And this is why two confident people succeed because they simply do more as well because success in life is often just volume. Yes. Isn't that the truth? Okay. So the willingness to be uncomfortable, the willing to experience emotions that are uncomfortable, that's a pretty big idea and concept right there. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot to take in. Um, do you think it is, do, do you think you learn to get more comfortable experiencing negative emotions or do you think you have to learn to have it not bother you what, what's the magic what's the secret sauce around that the magic is good and bad right <laughs> because yes. it's only in your power which is good uh, but that can also feel a little bit scary because it's only in your power no one can give it to you or help you in my book i share that you know you don't uh, clear the fear and do the things right you do the things which clears the fear only action cures fear. There is no way around it. There is no shortcut. There's no, can someone help with that? It has to be us. <laughs> Again, good and bad here, right? Because we are utterly in control. And if you think, okay, I'm scared to be rejected by the media. For example, I grow my business using the media. Or I'm scared to ask this person out. I like him or her, but she might say no, or he might say no. Uh, or I want to kind of put myself out there in a new way. There's a side of myself that I have been, you know, haven't flaunted. Right. And yes, I want to just be exactly. honest and be my, yeah, be honest and be myself. Um, but I don't want to risk getting any negative comments. A confident person will take the risk. I love And yes. And in my book, I share about the confidence competence loop, which is a gorgeous cycle, meaning the more you do something, because anything you do well, you must do often. If you do something more and more and more, you become more competent, which makes you more confident, right? Because your competence level increases and then your confidence naturally skyrockets and then you take on more and more and more. So the more you do, the more confident you become and then you get this gorgeous forward momentum. It's only, it's okay to pause, right? In life, we all need breaks, but, uh, it, we just kind of want to make this like an ongoing, it, it, cause it's never something that really ends. It's something that's, that's always um, a journey for us. I like that. So does the same thing happen, happen in reverse? If you start doing less, then you start feeling more afraid and blah, 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 blah. It's so interesting. I was just coaching somebody recently who had like a year sabbatical. I love this American word sabbatical. I love saying it. <laughs> we, we don't use it in other countries as sabbatical. Um, but, uh, we, I was, so I was coaching this person and he was saying that he's like, I don't know if I could do my job again. <laughs> it's great to take a break, right? But he's like, I just don't know if I could like lead a team again, manage a team again. And I'm like, of course you can. It'll be awkward for around one hour, right? As you kind of settle back in and kind of get, get back in the groove. But yeah, I mean, it never leaves you what you've acquired, but sometimes we can just feel a bit, you know, a bit out of, out of sorts if we take, uh, if we take time off. But who you are is always there. Yeah. It's like slip back. You can always slip back. But I think the, the trick is to go easy on ourselves. Yeah. Expect to be so perfect all the time. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And you know, you said the American word. I think that's also this American concept that we have to be perfect, that we have to do it all. We have to work harder, longer hours, mm -hmm. be perfect, do it right, make no mistakes. And that mm -hmm. is not realistic. Well, I would love to meet one person who is that. <laughs> like I never have. <laughs> Why did not <laughs> I know it's so, and also I think that the hilarious thing, Laura, is like, where did we get this idea that out of the gate we need to be perfect to anything? Yeah. And in my book, I, I share specifically too around perfectionism. Yeah. Perfectionism has nothing to do with high standards. Thank you. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because I have high standards. I'm not a perfectionist. I'm willing to be good enough, right? Like, um, to, to do, to do my best, right? But not to agonize, refuse to ask for help, overthink, overthink, overthink. Mm -mm. No, not today or any day. Right. Uh, I just feel as if, you know, it's just this kind of self-questioning, you know, self-loathing in some cases where we just can't allow it to be, right? We just can't allow what we, what we currently be doing have to be enough. Always thinking there has to be something else. I think that where we are right now is perfectly enough because it is where we are. Right. And it's only, and it's only through the, the, the action that there's only going to be an acquisition of more knowledge and more scale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love just the whole title of your book, Stop Checking Your Likes, because that is, is everything that you've been talking about. We are where we are. 
whether we are getting liked or getting disliked or getting nothing at all, we still are where we are. Yes. The fact that somebody likes us or hates us doesn't change who we are. Mm-hmm. We are. We are who we are. <laughs> <laughs> and if someone likes or doesn't like you, it's actually of no consequence to you. No. I mean, it, it's, it's one thing, right? Like you want to be on good terms with people in your life. Of course, you want to love them. And, you know, in an ideal world, receive love back. Again, you can't control that. Um, but when you think about just strangers on the internet, we give a lot of power away, <laughs> don't yeah. we? It's like, guess what? You have this amazing, precious life just a few years here on earth. Why not give 17 hours away each day to strangers on the internet? Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's absurd, and I think I think Brene Brown said this. You know, on the size of a stamp, you can write down the people whose opinion you care about. That's true. That is yeah. true. It's like probably like your spouse, maybe one or two very close friends, maybe a relative, but really that's it. And everybody else, whatever their opinion is of you, it's only a reflection of how they're feeling about themselves. Yes. It's just a, a mirror. Whatever they're saying about you is a mirror up to themselves. This is why I take everything so lightly because if someone's going to compliment, I mean, criticize my looks or criticize my work, criticize anything, uh, I know that it's an invitation for compassion because yes. they're suffering. They're suffering in that area. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, first of all, nothing to do with me. Um, but secondly, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Yes, they do. Yeah, so I don't feel uh, like I need to ever defend myself because then I'd be making it about something else when it's just about somebody else's pain. Exactly. So where do you think this whole idea got started? That we need to care about other people, that we need to mm. fix everybody else, that we need to internalize it. Where do you think that all got started? Well, social media is not the enemy and there's nothing new with it, right? It's just, yeah. it, it gives you 24-7 access to other people's opinions <laughs> and it makes it all public how people are responding to you. Not that anyone's really watching. We think the world's obsessed with us. It's not. Uh, I think this really goes back to our prehistoric brain, right? Like wanting to be liked because, you know, back in the day, if the tribe abandoned you, you wouldn't survive. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, but now you can be abandoned by anybody. You can be abandoned by your husband, by the church, by a community. You'll be okay. Yes. There are endless communities out there. There are endless options for your life. I always say one, the version of your life that you're living now is only one current version. Like, however your life is, you could pack up and you could have a different career, different friends, different shopping mall, different everything. You could be fine or even better. Exactly. Yeah. And so this is like a great uh, reminder to never despair. Mm-hmm. There are always other options. And when people feel really, 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 really trapped, uh, it's all, it's because they're forgetting their options. Yes. Yeah. Being stuck is an illusion. I, I actually never met anybody who's actually been stuck. I mean, I haven't either. Like, right. Never. They, never. Unless you're in quicksand somewhere, which I've never seen in my life. <laughs> right. Or... I mean, I can't even imagine what, what anything else like truly being stuck. There are always options, even when it doesn't, when we feel desperate. Mm-hmm. So I feel, you know, when it comes to like this approval trap, being liked, pleasing others, we just, you know, we want to feel like we're safe and we want to, um, we want to find our steadiness. And it's nice when life is easier and people like us, it, it just suddenly feels more calm, but the steadiness is only ever really within you. Right. Right. And, it, and people change. Right. And talk about that, you know, approval trap. It is a trap because if somebody likes you, it means somebody else is going to not like you. And right. you, you know, the phrase, you can't please everybody all the time. You can't, you absolutely mm-hmm. can't. And one of the things I tell my people a lot in coaching is it's so easy in a way to get approval, but it distracts us from doing some of the real work. Because, yes. yeah, we're mm. not taking care of ourselves. We're not building our dreams and living our sparkle. We're seeking mm. out a like. And at the end of the day, I would rather have sparkle and have dreams than have 8,000 likes. Of course, I would love 8,000 likes. Mm-hmm. But not more than my own dreams and my own life and my own sparkle. It's, it's just a distraction. Yeah, and a million likes doesn't make your life anymore worthy like you're already worthy right you can't even delete it if you tried right your 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 worthiness is fixed um and it doesn't make your life any more or less temporary right so when you really think about you know what the likes are they are a little cheap right i mean yeah they can feel nice but when you think about it too whatever some people like if you go to a different country 
I mean, in, there are countries where women, we're not allowed to drive, right? We're not allowed to have a voice. We need to always have a male companion. And so you think you're pleasing people, but you're only fixing people within a certain group, within a, like within a limit. And it just happens to be your current community. So it also really helps and soothes me to remember that the world is very, very big. <laughs> and there are always like different people, different opportunities, different everything. Sure. Uh, and if you ever have an opinion or do something, there will be people who aren't a fan. So... What do you do? Right, right. You, you, you do you. You just have to do you. Mm-hmm. So do you think women fall into the approval trap more than the men or is it about half and half? You know, I used to think so. I think we talk about it more because we have more courage to talk about it. But I think men are right there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, men, I think, uh, feel more entitled in other ways. I think that men feel more entitled to opportunities that they're not qualified for. They feel more entitled to bigger money. They feel more entitled to, I think, airtime in a conversation. Um, but I don't know. I've coached some men too, and they're right there with us. You know, I think that we, we, women, we're happy to say how we feel. And we speak about imposter syndrome, and we're a bit more open about this stuff. But I think it's just a human universal thing. I think it is too. I think it is yeah. too. Now, what about in the way that we raise our kids? Do you think we are raising them to fall into the approval trap? Or do you think we're kind of starting to get a grip and helping them break free? Well, so I don't have any kids. Right. Uh, but the one thing that I've learned is actually something that I've been learning more and more recently is it's good not to praise or to criticize. Yes. It's good to encourage, right? But even if you say to somebody that, you know, um, you look fantastic, right? Or just say a friend comes to your house and helps you get organized and you say, you're such an organizational whiz. As soon as we do that, it's, it creates what's called a vertical relationship. So that means if I say you look fantastic or you're an organizational whiz, that makes me in a position to be a judge of how you are. Whereas I could say instead, uh, if you came to my house and helped me organize everything, you know, Laura, you really helped me today. I really appreciate this, which is a horizontal relationship, which is where you gave me something. I appreciate you and it's even. So I feel as if and I'm, 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 I'm a real praiser of people. So I'm really learning to kind of use this technique differently, use it myself. But I feel as if the purpose of like a parent is to create an independent self-reliant child yeah. right? who ha- who's kind and who's a full, who's free to, feels free to be themselves. And I think that with that comes like seeing them in their strength. But this comes to all ages though. Like whenever oh I look, yeah. And so if someone's like struggling, a friend of mine was struggling recently and I said to her, I don't feel sorry for you. I know that you're very capable. You'll figure your way out of this. She's in a bad relationship. I'm like, you'll figure your way out of this. And she, a new baby, a long story. And, but it's not like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. How can I come in and save it? You're amazing. You're, it's like, I don't feel sorry for you. And she actually told me recently that that was like a helpful thing because everyone gives sympathy, keeps you stuck, right? Because it feels like love. It's not. Yes. And the best thing we can do is see anybody in their strength. I love that. That is beautiful, Susie, because that is, yeah, spot on. Because we are all strong and we are all weak. And I would rather have people notice that. And I I love that reframe of praise. And I want to start doing that in my life. Talk about education Mm. moment. Ding, 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 ding. Because in my work, what I always talk about is the danger of labels, rules, and scripts. Being labeled by anybody, whether it's positive or negative, gets us funky. If somebody mm-hmm. says, like you said, you're the organizational whiz, if somebody is saying, Lori, you are an organizational whiz, suddenly my brain is like, well, am I? Well, how can I prove them right? Well, what if I'm not? Well, and it takes you down this track that you don't need to be going down. Labels yes. are dangerous. At times, I am an organizational whiz, and at times, I am such a slob, it'll terrify you. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) That's what you were talking about. And it's all okay. And it's all okay. And that's what you were talking about with high standards and perfectionism. They're not the same. 
Mm-mm, they're not the same. There are a lot of things that we confuse, which just makes our life a little bit harder, you know. And I always think that self-compassion is the best self-help. Compassion for others, compassion for the self. And if we can let that in a little more, not only to be relaxed, but I think a lot opens up to us and we see the world more clearly. And we yeah. can enjoy ourselves, which is the point of life, by the way. Yes. yes. <laughs> We're supposed no. to enjoy it. Oh, absolutely. Now, I can hear listeners thinking, yes, this is great. But that's not going to work at work. I can maybe do that at home and I can do that with my spouse. And you're right. But mm, Susie, that's not going to work at work. You don't know my boss. You don't know my situation. Can you shed some light on that? How can people do this at work? How can people manage that toxic career situation? I would go back to looking at options. So if you're... Sometimes... So my background's in tech, right? So I've worked for a lot of corporate companies and I would sometimes think, gosh, everyone describes this culture as toxic. I think it's really fun here. (laughs) So sometimes we perceive things and it's worth questioning. I'm like, because one person's a bit grumpy around here. Is this this what workplace toxic? You know, I think it's really important to question our beliefs. Like reality is an interpretation. Yes. You know, so I'd be like, okay, so maybe like you and your boss, for example, aren't like mega type. Hey, that happens. It's a blessing. I think it's like a real like jackpot here if you love your boss. It doesn't happen all the time, you know? Right. So I think, are you being realistic? Are you, are we being a bit dramatic, you know, in some cases? And this is meant to soothe you, not to aggravate, right? It's like, how can I see the situation differently? Peace begins with me. Like, how can I bring a different energy to this? Because the world will always match us, right, where we're at. And if we're combat, and I would notice too that a lot of people who said that the workplace was toxic, they were the real complainers. You know, so I would think, you know, can I see the situation differently? Can I see these people differently? Can I see this kind of culture a bit differently? Maybe not. Maybe it really is intolerable. What other options are there? Yes. Right? There are other places to work. There are other opportunities. Do you want to start a side hustle? Like, what's going on? And if something needs to change, that's an opportunity for something new and awesome in your life. Because mm-hmm. uh, universal do for us what we won't do for ourselves. So if we're like meant to, for example, start our business as a life coach, right? And we really, really, really hate our job and it's intolerable. And they cut our commission check and then this went wrong. It's like maybe the universe is giving you a nudge when you wouldn't have the courage to step out on your own yourself. So I would just, cons- I would always think that everything's working for me. It's rigged in my favor. And look at new ways of approaching it because the situation can't be changed or we can't change other people. It has to begin with us. So that's also where our freedom is. Mm-hmm. And that dovetails right into that whole concept of stop checking your likes. Maybe your boss doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay. Can you continue mm-hmm. to do the work? and? If you can, perfect. And if you can't, you're right. There's maybe another situation. And that, again, is that willingness to be uncomfortable. I think Mm -hmm. there's some power in being willing to show up at work and be uncomfortable. Because like you said, it is about you and maybe you're learning something. Maybe you're uncomfortable because you are a little bit incompetent because you haven't learned it. And it gives you the opportunity to maybe become a little bit humble, learn something, shift something. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Just I I would always start with me first, right? Like, uh, I always think there's only really one person in the world that needs to change, (laughs) right? (laughs) Uh, Either change something within me or then change something externally, like make a decision. And we're powerful as human beings, right? We don't need to give that power away all the time. And in my book, I speak about the victim loop, right? And how it, and we're all in the one victim loop or another most of the time, right? Even if it's something small, like my sister's always complaining to me, right? Or, uh, you know, it's just, it's always so boiling hot where I live, you know, or whatever it may be. So the way to replace, replace it is like with an accountability loop. It's like, but I chose to live here. I pick up the phone when she calls. Yes. Right. It's like, what's your part? Yes. And yeah. this, I mean, it sounds like, oh, but that means I have to do everything. Well, yeah. And that's, yeah, the, you kind of that's, do. Really the, that's the good news. Yeah. Because then it's not in anybody else's hands how good your life gets to be. Right. Right. Now, one of the stories that you start with in your book is you were 19 and you were getting married. Yes. <laughs> Wise move, kids. Oh, go for it. <laughs> yeah, early. Yeah. You know, the idea of saying, 
okay, maybe I don't want to be in this marriage, but what will people think? That's it. Yes. It's like, I was relieved when my marriage was over. Like the relief of a divorced person, if it's what you wanted, you'll feel me. Like it's, it it doesn't happen overnight. Anyone who's divorced knows what goes into that because it's always the last resort. Uh, And I remember being just so relieved and actually really happy to get a place on my own and live for myself for the first time and, you know, do all those things. But yeah, I mean, I, at the time there was, the boss, right? Speaking about bosses, the boss in my life, she was like, young people don't respect marriage. Young people just don't respect marriage. And, um, other people, you know, and then I was going out in the dating world as a young woman and like, no one was divorced, not at my age. So I was like, should I hide it? Should I say it? What are people going to think? Are they going to think I'm really weird? I think that I'm damaged. So, right. so problem, right? If we call a divorce a problem, wasn't the problem. It was my fear of how everyone's going to be interpreting me. That's me checking my likes, right? It's like, do you like me still? Even though this thing is wrong, you know? And so this is, but as I went through that experience and then went through many more experiences and then coached so many people through different experiences, I've realized that's always the fear. It's not the thing itself. It's the judgment around the thing that we fear. So if we can lessen that, then it's almost like this is the secret of the universe. <laughs> it is. It really yeah. is. Because then we can do what we want to do and what we know in yes. our hearts is right for us. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And then if you're like, you know what? Some people won't like it for sure, right? Whatever it may be. Uh, but it's my, like, it's, it's, my life is mine. Mm-hmm. Right? Like your life is yours. I always just love saying this. My life is mine. Like, for example, I don't have children. There are plenty of women who are like, well, you, why not? Is there a problem? There's no problem. And not that I need to, and I don't defend myself. I just say nothing, you know, but right. people are curious. I understand that too, but I'm sure my mother-in-law would love grandchildren. She's told me that. Um, my mother's quite neutral about it. Um, my friends with kids are like, you know, encouraging, of course, because we encourage what we do always. Right. right. It's My life is mine. Yes. So it's up to me. And uh, uh, unless someone wants to come and raise a child for me, <laughs> no one has their hand raised. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's up to me. And this goes for everything. This goes for your career, how you spend your money, how you spend your vacations, how you spend your weekends, your religious beliefs, whatever it is, it's, they're yours. And that's mm-hmm. a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And you said something that we, this is important. The people encourage us that they want us to do what they are doing. Let's have kids together and then we can go to the park together. Let's all get dogs and then we can take them to the dog park. Let's all get cats now and then let's get tattoos and haircuts. And- yes. Yeah. Yes. It's it's like the, the bias of the self, right? We will always have... So for example, I teach entrepreneurs how to get into the media so that they can grow their business, etc. A friend of mine teaches YouTube. Another friend of mine teaches Pinterest. Uh, I mean, there are many ways to grow your business. You can have a successful business without any one of these things. Of course. Right. But of course, I've got my own bias because it's work for me and I have results and students. So naturally, this is going to be my go-to. It's my own lens. Kind of just like I was saying before about if someone's criticizing you, they're coming from a lens. And if it's good or bad, doesn't matter. Just remember, it's all a lens. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So take what, take what feels right. Like you will know what, are you a camera person? Then YouTube is great. Do you love being in the media for whatever reason? Then that's it. If you love pinning and images and writing as a blogger, then there you go, honey. But yeah, but there's no right or wrong way to grow your business. There's no right or wrong way to live your life. None of it. No, exactly. Exactly. So I want to do a little summary before we pause for a break, because this show is all about education and learning. And I really want to kind of go back through some of these points that you made, because I think you made some really salient points that I want listeners to understand. And and it's not that they don't understand, but I don't want them to be like on the yes train. Yes, yes, yes. And then they walk away from the show and they go, I learned this great show about confidence and I can do all of this. Oh my gosh, I can't remember. Yes. (laughs) I just want to kind of bat that back and forth with you. It is your life. Mm -hmm. You make the decisions for you. Stop Mm -hmm. checking your likes. Mm-hmm. Other people's opinion doesn't matter. Confidence is within you. Mm-hmm. Confidence means you really have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. 
with being disliked. And the only way through that is by doing that. And that the more you have that experience, the more confident you will become and the more willing you will be to keep moving ahead. Did I leave anything out? That was a great summary. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, We'll take a two second break here for a commercial. And then when we come back, we're going to move you all the way through the five steps of flaunt. And I want to apply it to your, both of your books. Um, but especially around the stop checking your like. So we will be right back. To all the women who have cried in the shower, smiled when they wanted to scream, and couldn't wait to get home and unhook their bra, Flaunt is the definitive guidebook on how to get back in touch with who you are underneath your labels, roles, and scripts. Fall in love with yourself right now. Breathe life into the dreams you left behind and live each day with uninhibited joy. Pick up a copy of Laura Cheadle's number one best-selling book, Flaunt. Drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self wherever books are sold. It's available in print, digital, and audio formats and comes with two downloadable meditations. Today's show is brought to you by Happy Women Dinners. And even though we're in the middle of a pandemic and we cannot meet and eat and play with each other in person, Happy Women Dinners is solving that problem by having a series of virtual book club events. These virtual book club events are really unique because you meet the author not once, but twice. You meet the author before reading the book and then again after reading the book. Then you can also connect with members in your area if you want to discuss the book even more. So go to happywomendinners.com. On the top, there is a tab that's called Virtual Book Club Events, and you can check them out. I myself am actually hosting one of the Virtual Book Club events. So check it out. Whether it's my event, I'm moderating the Bruce Filer Life is in the Trans transitions, mastering change at any age event, whether you hook up with me during my event where I moderate Bruce's or whether you do your own thing, check them out. According to Harvard's Health and Happiness Study, the number one way to find happiness is to feel good. And Laura's 90-day Fit to Flaunt program is all about feeling good every day. If you're sick and tired of the unhealthy, unrealistic, and unattainable goals that the diet and fitness industry shoves at us all, then Fit to Flaunt is the program for you based on your goals, your body, your lifestyle, and most importantly, how you feel. Fit to Flaunt will change the way you think about health, happiness, and most importantly, yourself. For more information, go to www.lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com because the program starts soon (laughs) and fills up fast. And we are back with Susie Moore, incredible confidence coach, life coach, business coach extraordinaire. She can help you learn how to get confidence, how to stop checking your likes, and She knows so much about business and getting in the media. So for the second half of the show, I want to go through the five steps of flaunt with Susie and have her talk about them both personally and professionally. So you can start getting a deeper understanding of confidence and how it really is the underpinning of a successful life, no matter what you choose your life to be. As a refresher, FLAUNT is an acronym and the F stands for Find Your Fetish. So Susie, what I want to hear is what is your fetish in terms of what are the things that you love? What motivates you? What makes you want to keep charging ahead? What makes you say, I don't care if people don't like me. I enjoy this. I choose this for me. What is your fetish? Mm. Uh, I have a couple. (laughs) Uh, I'm obsessed with having fun. 
Yeah, truly. I love spontaneity. Uh, like, uh, I was going to have a couple of meetings like later today, Heath and I and my husband were going out for cocktails instead. I just blew them off. Uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I know. And I feel as if um, I prioritize pleasure. So chocolate, walks outside, um, whatever kind of feels good. So fun and pleasure, I think we can't get enough of. Oh, I love that. I love that. Do you ever have a hard time balancing the fun and the pleasure? Because you're also a go-getter. You're an author. You are, you do so much. Do you ever struggle with that balance? You don't know, actually. And I think that I know that happiness creates success. So when I'm out having fun, for example, it's often when I'll have like my best ideas. And also because I'm not a perfectionist, doing stuff doesn't take me much time. Because there isn't the back and forth that let me reread my email. I'll do a spell check, but then hit send or whatever it may be. So I think I have just a lot more hours in the day. That's another great blessing of confidence. It gives you a lot of time back. (laughs) So yeah, balancing for me has, has never really been a problem. No. Okay. I love that. So the L in flaunt is for laugh out loud and right in line with everything that you were saying. I love pleasure. I love fun. I love laughter. And I think laughter is very healing. I was wondering about the role of laughter in your life right now, as well as a time in your life that might have been devoid of laughter and what you did to maybe pull some humor back in. Hmm. Well, I love to laugh always. I love to laugh instead of getting offended. For example, I like things, find things funny or humorous or see the humor in something. I can't remember if there's been a peer, if there were a period, because I think sometimes even when I'm depressed or feeling low, uh, like the laughter will be like my savior. And I'll seek out things that will make me laugh, like funny movies or funny shows or funny friends. Um, but laughter, I think, is everything. And even, I mean, my husband and I leave and joke, like, if people heard how we speak to each other and our dog in our house with our weird code language for each other, it would be so bizarre. But it just makes us laugh so much just to be silly and weird. And I think that we're all secretly like this. Um, and it's good to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. We are all secretly like this. And I think a lot of times people are been to have been told, grow up, get serious. We've got this belief that being an adult and being successful means you're really serious. And that's just mm-hmm. not the case. Mm-hmm. It's not the case. No. Where did the idea come from? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you had a rather difficult upbringing. Was there mm. humor in your upbringing? Is this something that you learned from your mom and your sisters? Or is, is this a Susie thing? Yeah, I think... I- I would try and bring it wherever I could. And this is the power of a human, right? Like yeah. you can elevate, like wherever you go, you you impact the energy of wherever you are. And as a child, like I understand that I felt some pressure to do that subconsciously because I wanted to elevate where I was, like the energy there. But it, it's frankly, the alternative is sucks. So whenever yes, I think about like, can I infuse something like light? Can I, and this is kind of why I love to teach. I love to like tell dramatic stories, but in a light way. Or if someone talks about like how unfair life is or how something's going badly, I'd be like, yeah, it's so unfair. That's why you have electricity. That's why you, you know, and like just to bring it to like a real place. So to be lighter about things, I think is a really great, like it's a very great quality because yeah, yeah it's, it's also not also heavy. And what we make to be so serious is often just not that serious at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it seems like it ties into what you were talking about in the first half of the show with confidence and the willingness to be unpopular. The willingness yeah. to be un- mm-hmm. If you're laughing about it, Okay, there's yeah. dog poop on my shoe and it's funny versus there's exactly. dog poop on my shoe and I have to kill myself now. <laughs> yes, and I'm humiliated, right? Like sometimes it's really funny to take something that's embarrassing and just tell everybody about it yeah. <laughs> instead. Yeah, I love that. The AU is the golden center of flaunt. And that stands for accept unconditionally, both accepting ourselves and others unconditionally. And you were talking earlier about self-compassion. And I think self-compassion and unconditional acceptance are very similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel as if this is the missing piece in a lot of the time, isn't it? It's like... 
again, I'm working on not praising directly people, right? And being more of an encourager instead. But I remember one time, a new friend of mine down here in Miami, we met for a drink. She just had a baby and it was like her first drink out, right? To meet a new friend. And she was like feeling really bad because she, I think it just like not been doing her regular YouTube stuff, had, um, like normally, you know, like go, 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 go. She had a newborn child to take care of. Hello, right? 24 hour job. And I was just saying to her, you're doing a great job. Like you're doing a great thing, you know? Right. And she, but she, she wouldn't, she wouldn't give herself that. Should it be like, I'm raising a child and I have a business, you know, I think if we could just go, hmm, you know, I'm doing a really good job. I've survived, you know, I've gotten this far. It's my, it'll never be perfect, right? Anything. But can I give myself a little bit of credit? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I love to give myself credit. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. And I think that, gosh, but I tell you, I'm the only one. I, I'm never, I'm never competing with someone for self credit ever. <laughs> this is, and someone once asked me, yeah, but what about overconfidence? And I'm like, I wish that were a problem that required coaching, especially for women. Right. That is not the problem that we come up with. <laughs> no. You know, arrogance no. is one thing, different conversation, right? But it's not people aren't feeling themselves so much. It's always the opposite. So. But a credit, I think, for the self can go a long way too. Remember to do it, right? Remember to like kind of write into your day, put reminders in your phone. You're doing a great job. Remember those qualities that you have that you really appreciate. And they, it can even just be like, I'm a very loyal friend, right? Mm -hmm. Or um, I am a really fun or I'm a really um, creative um, cook, like whatever it may be that you care about. <laughs> Appreciating yourself. Remind yourself of that often. It feels good. I love that. I love that. Okay, I'm going to tell you this little story because I just want some Susie Moore wisdom around this yeah. because mm -hmm. I like that idea of giving yourself credit. That feels good. I also think sometimes we beat ourselves up unnecessarily and I'm not really sure why we do it. And the story that I was going to share with you is I was in Florida last week and I was in the ocean and I had this, my favorite pair of sunglasses and they were a year old, but they've got the little cat things here. Mm, with the, like, I like those. Yeah. Yeah. The little cat ears and they're just sparkly and they were perfect. And I was coming out of the ocean and for anybody who's ever walked in the ocean, you know where you're walking and all of a sudden there's a dip and you fall down. Yeah. Yes. And I dip at the exact same time this wave comes and it's whoosh, it washes over me. It takes my hat off. It takes my sunglasses. It takes my big floating turtle. And I grab the turtle and I grab the hat and the sunglasses are gone. Mm. And they're my favorite pair. They were like a $40 pair, which is more than a Walgreens pair. But it's not, it's not something that's going to ruin my life. Yeah. I looked for them online. They don't make them anymore. But sometimes I, and I know our listeners too, will get locked in on something around that. Why didn't I catch it? What would have happened if? And you, and you replay it and you think about it. And sometimes we do that like that from kind of minor things that don't really make a difference in our life. And I wondered if you had any insight around that or tricks for helping people extend that compassion, accept unconditionally, and just move on with a smile. Yeah, I love this example because it happens to us all the time, right? These kind of minor things that they feel like a bummer, you know, and look, it's disappointing to lose your favorite sunglasses. It's disappointing to lose anything. Like it's, we have little disappointments all the time. The next time something like this happens, this is an invitation to be easy, right? And to uh, one chapter of my book, is called, So What? Those glasses won't cry over you, Laura. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, some fish is good looking somewhere wearing those. <laughs> or they're, maybe, they're, maybe they'll shore up and some like lovely girl will find them and love them. So it's almost like the, the, the time you dedicate to your disappointment is allowed to be there, right? Because it's real, right? Don't deny it. But then there has to be just this so what attitude that you welcome in instead. And uh, this is just like simple thought replacement. Someone else will find them. Oh, well, could be worse. And it was an accident. Yeah. You know, would you tell your friend, oh, you're so dumb. You're so dumb. You always lose everything. You're useless. But, like we can go there with ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Right. And you lost your umbrella. Do you remember that time? Oh my gosh, you are so, you're so utterly worthless. <laughs> 
say, so say that loud to somebody. Yes. Yeah, so, so what? So what is like, so what is the thing? And I do think that men are a little easier with themselves on that. They can be more like, in my experience, uh, in my opinion. But yeah, I think this kind of so what energy, I would acknowledge, you know, say, oh, well, um, but then your so what energy can then just dominate. Oh, I love that. Great tip. Thank you for sharing that. The next step of Flint is N, and that is navigate the negative. And I know in your business coaching, in you know teaching people about publicity and getting all this stuff, there's a lot of navigation that goes into that. Yes. Writing things, pitching, blah, 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 blah. And yes, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with rejection. But what is your take on that whole navigation and that strategy and, and pitching here and reaching here and asking for this and wrong time, right? How do you navigate all of that? I find it's really easy to not be negative when you have a lot of things going on, right? It's kind of like if you're single, like, and you're not really into anyone. Date a lot of men so you don't get too, like, tied up with one, <laughs> you know? I feel like it's easy to be easier when we haven't just got all our eggs in one basket or all of our focus on one thing. So I think just kind of going for more, allowing yourself to think bigger and to, uh, to like, widen your, like, widen how how wide you cast your net for opportunity really helps and it's kind of like an underused thing right we'll be like this is the one job this is the job like somebody asked me recently oh the, the, my dream job has come up i have to get it and i'm like Mm-mm, wrong you won't get it like that's yeah. the wrong <laughs> this needing 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 nothing attracts everything yeah. Ooh, i like that yeah, so I'm like, great, apply for loads of, I'll like, keep all the other irons hot, whatever the expression is, you know, yes. um, keep it all, like, uh, di- dilute, dilute the need with a lot of, a lot of things. That's what I love to do. I love that. I wrote that down because that is so going in the show notes. That awesome. is perfect. Yeah, that is perfect. And then with that whole navigation too of, you know, you were talking earlier about you teach and then, you know, some people, YouTube and Pinterest and, and all of that stuff that you, you, that you teach people how to manage, how to navigate that. What is the relationship between the business aspect of doing that and the way people feel about themselves? Do they have to have a certain amount of confidence in order to attract that kind of media or how does that work? It's all about the self, right? It's like, it's never, and the thing is I coach people from like very beginning side hustlers who want to just quickly hack their email list growth and quickly hack their way to the top of their field to like doctors 40 years in business, right? Like the whole spectrum of different qualifications, years, you know, and so forth. And it, it makes no difference where you're at. I can always just tell initially by your willingness. Ah. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like hungry and like, I'm going for it. I've got eight pictures out there. I haven't finished all the modules yet, but I'm, I'm like, well, you're going to succeed at this. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's not a discount. Yes. I mean, I heck no. Like experience is so valuable. And I wish people with experience knew what a jackpot, like what gold they're sitting on for other people. If you know something, don't hog it, right? Share, like share what you know. It's such a generous thing to do. Um, but yeah, the action piece is, the only thing really that matters. I love that. And do you think you can train people to take action or is that something that you can kind of coach them to, but they have to be the one to take that final step? I think you can't, co- you can't create the hunger, right? The hunger has to be there. If someone is like withdrawn and disinterested, I can't do much with that, right? Yeah. But if someone has the hunger, but they don't have the tools yet or the method, or they have some doubts to lose, I can absolutely help you. I'll give you everything, right? But I can't make an unenthusiastic person enthusiastic. Perfect. I love that. Because that's what I love about the title, you know, of of your your first book. And what if it does work out? Nobody ever says that. Nobody ever says says that. Never. And I don't understand why not. Because what if it is the best marriage? What if it is the best business? What if it is the best dog or cat or car or whatever? Yeah, only one way to know. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not by thinking about it. (laughs) Oh, exactly. And that phrase, only one way to know, that goes right into T of flaunt, which is trust in your truth. 
You are the only one who knows what your level of hunger is, what your drive is, what you are capable of, what your dreams are, what you want, what's going to make you happy. You are the only one who knows that. So why are we checking our likes and thinking that somebody else might know that for us? Mm, yeah, that's like saying, you know what I should eat for lunch. You know how I should spend my Sunday evening. You know what I should do with my savings. You can get advice from other people, but no one knows what you like to eat, how you like to spend your money, how you like to spend your time. No one knows what's inside of you. So no, don't crowdsource, don't crowdsource it. No. <laughs> you know, going back to that original story, when you said somebody said uh, with your first marriage, young people don't value marriage. That person didn't know what you were experiencing inside. Exactly. Yeah, she had no idea of my suffering. And so, yeah. And look, and again, like she, I can appreciate her, right? For like where she's at, but it doesn't have to mean anything to me. No, exactly. You have to trust in your truth. And trusting in your truth means not checking your likes. <laughs> uh, yeah. They make no difference anyway. A, a million likes won't make any difference to you. No, no. So what about Susie Moore? What is Susie's truth? What is your truth that has transcended from the beginning all the way through until now? Hmm. I, mm, oh, there's so much. I, know. <laughs> uh, I, I think this is an underspoken thing. We don't, because I think we make it very deep and, uh, you know, it, it has to be so profound and different, but I just feel like the purpose of life is to enjoy it. And that, that's my goal. Yeah. <laughs> because when you think about it, happiness is the goal of every other goal. If you think you want a yacht, right? Or you want a great closet or a great man or woman, whatever. It's because you think you'll be happy when you get the thing or the person, right? So what if I just skip the required step <laughs> or the perceived required step and just unhappy. And then it's funny how you kind of tend to get the things when you get the, the emotion fast. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you. What a perfect way to wrap up our interview today. <laughs> Thank you so much, Laura. Oh, this was so much fun. You are welcome. And uh, where can listeners get a hold of you? Where can they find your book? Because I know they're going to want to learn more because I think their appetite has been whetted and they're like, I want to be happy. I want to be yes, happy. Yes, I, I hope so. And if you've enjoyed this conversation, you'll love stop checking your likes. You can get it everywhere books are sold. And if you want some free confidence resources, you can head on over to my site, Susie, S-U-S-I-E dash more, M-O-O-R-E dot com. Perfect. And I will put all that in the show notes too. So Susie, thank you so much for this scintillating conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Me too, Laura. Thank you. Welcome. And listeners, have an incredibly confident, powerful week. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Overcome the need to please and find the uninhibited joy of being exactly who you are right now. Come find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more and get your free gift at lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com.